Apple presents events at the Apple Store. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, Kelly Hoey, CMO of Curio. Thank you. Um, so this is one of those other evenings with Meet the Innovators where I get to have one of my entrepreneurial crushes. And it is with great pleasure that I welcome to the stage Tina Roth Eisenberg. Um, and I'm going to explain the big gold fringe arrow. So Tina is the founder of a number of companies, and one of them, or say side projects, which we'll discuss, one of them being Creative Mornings. And for the first time, Tina brought together the 40-plus global Creative Morning ambassadors, leaders. No, 170. Global. But it's 40 chapters, right? 100 chapters. 100 chapters now? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. That's okay. So 170. <laughs> le anyway, the fringe was from Creative Mornings, and I was a bit jealous when I saw it on Instagram, and Tina said, I'll get back at Kelly. Yeah, I'll walk through the city with a gold fringe arrow, and people will love you. Between that <laughs> and the tattoos, you can be, you know, everyone's friend. Okay, so... Let's dial this back. I know I'm old school with a piece of paper. So, Tina, we talked about this on the weekend. What, what is it that you do? According to my eight-year-old daughter, who I recently asked if she actually knows what I do at work all day, she responded promptly uh, saying, yeah, mom, you sit at your computer and you laugh all day, which, to be honest, is kind of true. <laughs> And um, it's a very good way to explain all the many things I do. So I'm a, originally a graphic designer. Uh, I trained like Swiss-born and Swiss-trained graphic designer that moved here 16 years ago. And over the past nine years, I started a few side projects that have accidentally turned into businesses. So I no longer uh, actually work as a graphic designer. Uh, I no longer have clients. Um, I started a blog uh, called Swissmas that has uh, gained quite a bit of following. I started a breakfast lecture series, as you just mentioned, Creative Mornings, which has unexpectedly grown into 100 chapters around the world and happens monthly. Uh, I started a temporary tattoo company called Tatley, which is more a joke than anything else, and now we have 14 employees. Um, I started a to-do app called To Do, and I started a co-working space called Studio Mates out of Brooklyn, that is in Brooklyn, uh, Dumbo. So it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> you look at your computer and, and you I laugh. laugh. <laughs> and you laugh. Okay, so we want to talk Tatley because I'm a bit crazy about Tatley. Um, <laughs> so how did Tatley start? Um, so about three and a half years ago, my daughter, who's now eight, came uh, home from yet another birthday party with the goodie bags. And there were these really hideous, badly designed, badly produced temporary tattoos in there. They were a complete insult to my Swiss aesthetics. And she asked me to apply them. And I have a personal rule that if I keep complaining about something over and over, I have two options. Either I can do something about it or I have to let it go. And this was like the third or fourth time where I was really annoyed by the temporary tattoos. And being a designer, I kind of have high standards what designs end up on my daughter's arms. So I researched a bit what it would take to produce temporary tattoos. I realized it's not that hard. And then I sort of took a moment and said, well, I design websites for a living, so I can do that myself. I have a really great network of illustrators and designers. So I reached out to them and said, like, hey, what if? You know, what if I will make a site just for fun? You know, let's make some cool temporary tattoos. And literally the next day, I had really cool designs in my inbox. I didn't realize that actually designing for skin is like a new canvas. It's really exciting. 
Yep. And then two months later, we launched with 16 designs, sort of more joke than anything else. You know, I thought I'm going to ship a few, maybe 100 a month out of my studio uh, as a side project, a labor of love. And then what I didn't expect is that the first day, as I announced it on my blog, we had over, I think, 150 orders the first day. And the second day, I got a call from the Tate Modern Museum in London um, asking me if they could have a wholesale catalog. And I was completely cool. It's like, absolutely, no problem, coming right up. And then I hung up the phone and I turned around to my studio mates and said, hey guys, hey guys, what's a wholesale catalog? I have no idea. <laughs> and, uh, and then we Can we put together a wholesale catalog? What's anyone doing? <laughs> so the learning curve has been very steep and I took it more seriously after that. And it's been, um, you know, it's really beautiful when you start something that you, in an industry that you know nothing about. Granted, it's not rocket science. I mean, I'm not going to challenge Elon Musk on going to Mars. But, I mean, in a space like temporary tattoos, I mean, you just figure it out. You don't need to be an expert. You can learn things. Learn it as you go along. So besides the Tate Modern calling you, and that's, like, amazing, um, what else has surprised you with Tatley? Well, what surprised me the most is actually that the target audience is not what I... I mean, it is. Kids love it. I mean, I made this for so that my daughter and my son can have really cool temporary tattoos and their friends. What I'm realizing now, though, is that whenever like, we, we're in the land of playdates, my kids are still small, so when we have friends come over, you know, parents with their kids on Sundays, um, the parents for, ask first. They're like, hey, 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 what, what new tap list do you have? And I'm like, wait a second, you're not asking for your kid, you're asking for yourself. So what I've realized is actually there's a huge market for grown-ups that right. just love to express themselves, love the, you know, the chuckle you can get out of people when you wear um, you know, a cheeky temporary tattoo. And the, the, those of us who are pain and you know, needle-fearing. Yes, you know, exactly. Um, and if you look at our, what is really surprising is if you look at our... Um, store roster, like we're in over about 600 stores around the world now, and when you look at the roster of it, you know, we're in, we're in the MoMA store, which to me is like, was like one of the biggest moments in my career. I stood there the day we came, got in there, like for an hour, being awkward, like standing next to my product, going, Wah. so, you know, we're in really prestigious stores, but then we also, we're, there's a butcher in Williamsburg that carries us, which hipster butcher of course but how cool is that that there's, is so cool there's coffee stores there's children's stores like it's so adaptable and we have over 500 designs that you'll find something that matches your gift store or butcher or bakery or it's cool that that's really cool that would that would have surprised me if someone had said to you read you know reading the tea leaves or the crystal ball and said <laughs> your your tattoos will be sold by a butcher in brooklyn yeah, and i love it that's that is that is amazing um and who wears tat leave? You've talked about parents. Any oh, other sort of like surprising things besides parents and children and play dates in terms it's of... It's really all across the board. And here's, here's one of my favorite stories. So I've, anyone who's ever seen some of my talks that I've given, I often talk about my slightly eccentric, very cool creative aunt, Swiss aunt, Yuki. Yes. And... <clears throat> So she's, she's a fashion designer, always been a really, really creative person, and she's up there in age now. Um, she's like grand role model. So we were at, uh, about a year and a half ago, I went, flew home to surprise my mom for her, for her big birthday. And my aunt was there too, and I got, as I got later in the party, I, you know, and people had a few glasses of wine, I was like, well, no, let's try another round of Tatley on, you know. And the crowd was a bit older than I'm used to. 
And so I'm tatting people up, and, and my aunt goes, man, you have so many of these that you have connection to this company? And I'm like, wait a second. So I said, Huki, you can have all of these, because I had a whole bunch left. She goes, oh, you know, I keep ordering from this company. These, these are so cool. So my aunt is so adorable. She reads my blog, but she didn't understand that this was actually my company. And sure enough, I went Did in she ask and for I a looked refund? it up. I looked it up and she's been ordering over and over. And it's like, Aunt Huki, it's cool. You can just ask me. But I, that was such a testament to, I mean, you know. That is She's so, been ordering. That is so awesome. Did you give her a refund for all her orders? No. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, she got a whole bunch of tally that day. <laughs> You're paying it forward now. Yeah. Paying it forward, all that. Um, tell me about the designers. Because for me, part of what is so amazing about Tatley is you are now creating a completely different income stream and creative opportunity for these artists and designers. Mm -hmm. So I'm super, super excited and proud of, like, if you look at our artist roster, we really celebrate our artists. If you go to our site, there's an artist roster. You can, we, we, we tell you a little bit about them. We link to their sites. And they're really, really established designers, illustrators, artists out there. And I just, like, for example, there's Stefan Sagmeister, Julia Rothman, Mark Johns, uh, Fiona Richards. Like, they're, they're kind of big names in the illustrator designer world. Um, Jessica Walsh, Timothy Goodman. Um, and what I believe as a creative person is that the secret sauce to a creative life is passive income. And uh, what we have been able to create for some of our artists who sell a lot of, have a lot of different designs, is like a, a legit uh, source of passive income. So every three months we pay artist royalties so because for every tatli you sell that was designed by the artist, they get a really generous cut. And to me, it makes me really happy. Like, it makes me really happy when I see these checks go out every three months. And, um, and I know for a fact that some designers have been able to like, so, sort of like take a few months off and work on other stuff. And that, that's the beauty right there. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Um, which probably kind of slides into a conversation you and I had um, about your philosophy for building a company. Because you've got some pretty amazing people who work with you and opportunities that they've given up mm -hmm. or choose, chosen not to take yeah. to work with you. So tell us about some of those people and how you are really building, um, whether it's with Tatley or with everything else you're doing. What's your, your sort of your ethos mm -hmm. as, as, as a leader? Um, well, so I'm really, really fortunate. As you said, I have really remarkable young people working for me. And I think a lot about, I really think a lot about what it means to be a good boss and be a good mom and, I, mom. and I oftentimes feel like there's actually similarities. So what I really try to do is like have a really gentle human aspect in how I lead. Um, I, I really believe that um, I want my team to feel appreciated and safe at work. Um, I probably give them a little bit too much responsibility at times, but I trust them. Like I, they're capable, young uh, super smart, hustling people. And uh, I feel like there's, there's, there's never been a better moment in my life, I remember when I was young, when somebody who was a little more advanced in their career sort of looked at me and said, like, Tina, I think you can do this. So just go and run. I trust you. I mean, that is like just the best feeling ever. And that's what I'm trying to do with my team. And again, sometimes I trust them with things that I should, probably shouldn't trust them with. But that's totally cool. Because in the end of the day, you know what? We're just selling temporary tattoos. We're not, you know, there's not people dying because... We missed an order. We messed up an order. So, um, 
Yeah, and, and the environment that I work out of, uh, Studio Mates, is the co-working space that I created, I really feel has also been a big attraction point for the young people that come and work for me. Because we have 60 of the most talented designers, developers, illustrators, writers in our co-working space, which makes it, you know, it's a huge potential. Just by working out of my space, you instantly grow your network like so dramatically. And I, I feel like this younger generation also realizes it's not, in the end of the day, it's not about money. Right. It's really about the network you build. It's about the experiences that you have and what you can learn. Right. I know you've lost your voice a few days ago, so make sure you get some water <laughs> here so I, I, I don't kill you before the, uh, you know, our, com our conversation. Um, um, is over. Now, and I think for a lot of people who are here and a lot of people who are going to be watching this um, podcast on iTunes, uh, I'm thinking back to your South by Southwest keynote when you talked about moving from being the maker to the manager. What sort of, in hindsight, you know, for people watching, what sort of lessons, um, because it's part of that for you, moving from maker to manager is what's been able to you to scale Tatley and scale the other things that you've, you know, we say creative mornings going from New York to 100? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question. It's also a hard one. I was allowed one hard question today. Yeah. You mean like the big takeaway from being a maker to a sort of a leader more? Yeah. I think the biggest obstacle for me was to finally let go and not feeling like I need to dabble in everything. I need to have my hand in everything. And I, st I, I think I sometimes still struggle with that. But I've gotten much better. Delegation has, has come easier now. You know, when you, when you originally, uh, uh, I was a small design studio of one or two people, and I did everything, right? And um, to then all of a sudden letting go and trusting. But that is, I think, the biggest leap of faith you have to do when you don't do yourself anymore but have teams. It's just like, you got to... Just trust your gut and hire people that you can trust completely. And, and where you know they have your best interest at heart and the same, you know, it goes both ways. Right. Um, to me, for example, hiring is very much like dating. It's, you know, it's just going for a walk, going to have a coffee and just feel like, dude, you know, it's not, I don't care about a resume. I really don't. Like, what I would ask you is probably like, hey, tell me about your side projects. Because if somebody is a self-starter, hustler, has, like, drive, can start, has a little bit of, like, this self-drive, then they can work with me. Because I am not someone who gives very clear directions and process. It's like, no, I'm probably going to throw you into cold water, and you probably have to figure something out that none, none of us have ever done. But that attracts a very specific type of person. Um, yeah. Well, I remember from um, your TED talk. Uh, sorry, I want to say TED talk. Have you, done, have, you done, have you done one yet? No. Well, let's just put that out there. <laughs> now that I've had that Freudian slip. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're self by your, your 11 rules. I mean, part of it in terms of surrounding yourself with like-minded people mm -hmm. and people who you know understand your brand um, and, you know, can you, you can put that trust in mm -hmm. to carry yourself forward and then just thinking that with creative mornings when all of a sudden that exploded yeah i mean creative mornings was really one of the biggest trust testers because um when other people around the world ask me that i didn't really know um can i start a chapter you know can can i take your brand and replicate what you've started in new york in my city 
Um, that was one of these moments where I had to let go of my control freak and sort of take a step back and say like, this is awesome. This is going to grow and it's going to be fine. So what I had to learn with creative people is you need to give them just enough direction. Like so sort of saying, here are the things that you cannot change. It needs to be a free event. It needs to be on a Friday morning. You know, like just give it like a few very distinct rules and then but then let these creative types still color in the rest and let them experiment. And I think that's the reason why Creative Mornings works. Because those chapters still feel, the hosts still feel like they can sort of put their own stamp on it. It's amazing how that's grown. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's kind of magical. Okay, so you've mentioned the word side project. Let's talk about that. Um, And let's talk about when you decided, how many years ago, that you would not take on any clients and you'd mm-hmm. focus on some side projects. Yeah, so I have this thing that when I, whenever I got pregnant, I would sort of take inventory of my life and sort of get all deep. <laughs> so when I, when I got pregnant with my daughter, I, uh, I sort of really took, took inventory of my life and said, hey, wait a second, what are the dreams you've not addressed? And I always wanted to run my own design studio. And I was like, wait, wait, you just, you can't fool yourself. You gotta live your life. You know, now you're gonna have a kid. You gotta, you gotta. The perfect timing to start, you know, give yeah. birth to something else. Yes. Yeah. Course. So I actually started my design studio. My daughter was born, which is crazy, but it totally worked out. And then fast forward three years later, when my son, when I was pregnant with my son, I went through this whole like taking inventory thing again. And um, I realized I really didn't like having clients. <laughs> so, so, any clients are wrong. No, no, she's I'm, not talking about you. She's talking no, no, about no, those no, other no. ones. I am not made for the service industry. This is a total personality thing. It has nothing to do with the clients. So I, I looked at what actually really made me happy, and I realized I started Creative Mornings. I start my blog was getting more successful. I had all of these ideas for others for other projects, and I figured, you know what? Why don't I take a client sabbatical for a year? And, and just see what happens. And then luckily, my blog had some um, ad revenue. <clears throat> so I could still contribute to our household. And my husband was very cool. He's like, you know, I, you should do that. And what happened is, like, just by the sheer, like, by having time to work on my own things, like, it just, it just blossomed. And I never had clients again. I mean, Tatley came out of it. The To Do app came out of it. Um, yeah, and Studio Mates grew. I'm very lucky. I'm very fortunate. I, I realize that. And that's why I would say you made the comment with people who work with you having um, side projects. Um, let's talk about some of your other stuff for just a minute for people who don't know. Uh-huh. Talk about to-do. Uh, to-do. So uh, anyone here a list maker in the audience who likes to make lists? So anyone of you use to-do already? Oh, look, there's some people. So um, to-do came out of a lunch conversation in my co-working space where I saw my um, uh, studio mate, uh, <clears throat> Cameron Cozon, work on a to-do app that I really didn't like. It had too many bells and whistles. So I asked him, like, hey, maybe, I, I thought maybe I just don't use it right. So I right. said, hey, Cameron, over lunch, can you explain to me, like, why you like this app? And, and he gave me an intro, and I was like, mm-hmm. And then I said, you know, I, I, I have this ideal app in my head. And actually, it was a paper version that I used in front of my keyboard. And I, I went into this rant on how I need to see my to-dos over the week, like sort of, you know, and uh, how I need to organize them over time and, um, and how I need to cross them off and blah, blah, blah. And he just sat there and he's like, Tina, come on, just design it. Design the UI that you want this app to be and I'll build it to you for you. And sure enough, I designed it the next day. 48 hours later, we had a working prototype that we used in our studio. 
and everyone that walked in, and we use it as our um, as our uh, uh, landing page on, on the browser. Every time I open the browser window, this hits me over the head what I actually should be doing. So the beauty of the whole thing is, like, when you plan out your week, everything you don't, like, when I have my day, and I, whatever I didn't get done rolls over to the next day. And um, so we've been since working on it, and it's, it's just, it, it keeps me sane. Uh, it's it's called Todo. It's T E U X D E U X. It's a bit hard to spell, but we couldn't find a to, good to do name. And my my partner Cameron, he's he's quite a funny guy. He's like, how would the French pronounce this? So that's why it's Todo. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And well, when and then when you had new features, um, yeah, we just recently added new features. Is that where you're going? Yeah, you're no. Oh, yeah, so we just relaunched actually the. Uh, the, there's stats now where you can see when you're the most productive, when you check the most off, what day, what time. Um, it's a it's a bit nerdy. Um, you can change the color of the app now. It's a very very simple minimal app. And also there's a flying cat. That's all I say. But you can enable the flying cat. You know uh, this is one of the I things. I gotta update my. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta. Yeah. Um, the flying cat is only in the browser, but. So the one thing I want to say about everything I do, and I feel so strongly about that, is that I, I try to sprinkle the possibility of a smile in everything I do. And I, I really believe that's what people sense. Like, for example, in you know, um, the way we, we send our mailers with Tatley, um, um, like our, our invoice, I brought some invo the invoice, I spent so much time designing it, and there's little... Like there's a little jokes in there on like it's a dry invoice, but you can still make it's it surprise fun. and delight, you know, um, and, and that you know yeah. on creative mornings you can when you like a video, it rains hearts all over the browser, which is just it just makes you chuckle, right? Or the profile sections you can filter by single, just in case. <laughs> <you're>, yeah. <laughs> well, I might yeah. go check that out. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you, you know, you never know. But also let's go back okay, let's go back to today. You originally that was free. Yes, today originally was free um, because we just built it for ourselves and we thought we can keep it free forever. What we didn't realize is that, um, so I, we launched it, eventually we made a, a version where you, anyone could sign up because people were constantly asking us and we had to hard code people in. And so in 2010 in December, we launched it and said like, hey people, here it is for free and we didn't expect much at all as always, and uh, I blocked it, and two hours later, I look over to Cam and my business partner, and he's like pale, he's like, he's like, he gives me this look of horror, and he's like, Cameron, what's going on? He goes, I don't know what's going on, but we have signups by the thousands. So what happened is all the, you know, Lifehacker, Fast Company, like all of the big blogs picked us up immediately, and in fact, Fast Company, wrote a blog post about us saying it's the best to-do app of 2010. So we just made it. It's December. We launched and boom, we're the best. Do you want to have the best app launch in December? <laughs> yeah. And have um, Tina blog on it. Maybe that's the answer. But no, oh no, that's hysterical. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like if you're a list maker and and you live in the browser, right. it, it is, for, it's the getting things, pe uh, the getting things, done people, GTD, right? Yeah. They love it. And what's really adorable is that for some reason we kind of broke into the church world so when we built this app it, it was for us it was for our you know sort of nerdy web community and so a lot of, of the alerts were kind of silly for example if you had no um, Wi-Fi connection so it couldn't sync on the phone we said danger danger high voltage you know and it, it was just silly so not realizing that eventually maybe you know not so techy people that don't get our sense of humor would, would um would own the, the app. So we got this really adorable email from a nun 
that said, Dear Todo, um, I got a brand new iPod and I really want to make sure it's going to last a long time. Um, but I get this message, and then she mentioned this alert message, like, is it going to damage my iPod? And then it was like just none something. And we were just like, oops. <laughs> oops, oops, we better, we better change this. Um, so back to poor Kevin, ashen, pale face, couldn't believe this. Cameron. Da- oh, Cameron, yeah. sorry. Um, download of all these hundreds of thousands, totally surprised. And at that point, did you say, maybe we can... No, we didn't. We actually didn't do anything for about another year and a half. And then... And then we realized, you know what? Like people really love the app, and we, we. I'm a big believer. You can't just let people sort of get on your service, like invest time and whatever, and then you just drop it. You know, like I'm not going to maintain it anymore. So, and we also use it ourselves. So we kind of really pushed for it. Um, and we realized, like, in order for us to maintain it, we need to start charging for it, which was was a big yep. moment. Um, so we. We now charge, and I love this so much. I think Cameron came up with this. If you want to sign up, you can try it for 30 days. But then if you, wanna, if you think this is for you and this is, makes your life more you know, productive, uh, you can either pay by the year, then you're a believer, and <laughs> it's two, $2 a month, or you can be a skeptic, <laughs> and it's $3 a month. And I just love the wording so much. You That's know, are you a believer? Are you a skeptic? So I constantly have people come up to me and say, like, Hey, I'm a believer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I am a believer. I am a believer. But I also have this thing, you know, you're saying that you're, you're charging enough so this, this can be maintained. Yes. But I also have this sort of view that at some point we need to pay for these things. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we don't get to have, you know, houses and roofs over our heads and vacations and all that kind of stuff unless we're paying for these wonderful digital products. I know. A lot of people don't understand how much time and effort goes into building these things you just whip it up yeah nope <laughs> <laughs> Cameron just whips it up no, nope no nope. these, these <laughs> yeah, things yeah, yeah. these things take time um all right any other side projects you got going on we should know about no I I had to put an embargo on myself I'm not allowed to start anything new yeah no I need to just maintain and grow and build what I currently have. Okay. Um, let's talk about a couple of the side projects that have come out of um, Studio Mates. Mm. You had, um, so there were some um, exciting collaborations that came out of um, like Brooklyn Beta and, oh, yeah. and others, things that came yeah. out of that studio space. Um, yeah, I mean, Brooklyn Beta is a really fantastic conference that unfortunately just had, had its last conference last week. Um, but it was sort of a, a, a way of developers and designers meeting in a space that was by two studio mates that met. Um, oh my God, there's so many things that came out of uh, editorially. Unfortunately, just recently shut down was a very cool collaborative writing tool that came out of it. There's a symbol set, um, uh, Dropmark, Sightleaf, lots of really cool webby apps that came out of uh, Studio Mates. And do you just attribute that to this, I'm going to say the the unique character of the space in terms of people collaborating or well, what, what would you, what would, if someone else said, oh my God, all this creativity came out of Studio Mates, I want to do the same thing, what would be your well, advice? Well, I think Seth Godin actually um, said it really beautifully and I'm going to, I'm going to totally butcher his quote here, but I, I'm just going to paraphrase it. But he basically said, Wait, you need to really be careful who you surround yourself with because the people's dreams, the people that you hang out with, what they dream about, you know, how the standard of work they set for themselves, the, 
um, they really influence what you dream about and how high you set your standard. And they kind of change your outcome. And that has literally happened with studio mates. I have such incredibly smart, talented people around me that set really, really high standards for their own work um, that are so supportive and kind at the same time uh, will, you know, hold you accountable if you do something that they think is, is not cool. Um, that has given me such confidence in, in what I do and has really pushed me to work harder um, in, in how I approach my projects. And I, I, I know for a fact that I don't think I would have gone clientless without my studio mates' support. Uh, just imagine you can turn around and talk to one of the best developers in town and one of the best illustrators and one of the best photographers, and, and they're right there to give you advice, to bounce things off. I mean... If I have one piece of advice for young creative people uh, is just really find that space of really talented, like-minded people um, and you, you build each other up. Amazing. Well, your other, one of your other rules, embrace enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think that enthusiasm is my secret superpower. Um, and I'm a big believer that enthusiasm is actually wins over confidence. Because confidence is all about yourself. And enthusiasm is about something else. Uh, and, you know, confidence is just serious and impressive and all, but enthusiasm is fun. So, yeah, I, I, I really believe that I, if, if I get really excited about something, I have such, like, a, like my body starts shaking of in excitement and enthusiasm. I dance around the studio, and people, my team just can see it coming a mile away right now. And there's, you can just chuckle. You're like, okay, she's onto something, and then I just eventually win them over. That's, so. that's amazing. All right, before we go to audience questions, do you have a favorite tattoo? I'm sleeved up on both arms, and my right arm is tattoos that are coming out that are not that are not released yet. I'm pretty excited and about that right one arm. One of them is by Donna Tamagotchi. Uh, it's it says conquer, and it is just some days where you just need to remind yourself to just conquer whatever it is, and that's currently my favorite. Okay, how long does it take to fully sleeve up? Well, if I do it really intensely, puzzle piece uh, wise, it takes me a good hour. And um, if I wanted to wear all the Tatley tattoos at the same time, could I? That's like 500. It would take you a good four or five hours to put them all on. But we can, you can challenge me. We can do that. <laughs> all right. That might be the next. Yeah. Enough, yeah. Of, enough of these. these the, the, I want to think of the recent, um, I think it's Fast Company Challenge, to say, no, we're going to have the Tatley Challenge. Can you wear all 500 designs? Yep. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I may do it. All right. Audience questions. Uh, so I actually want to understand a little bit more about the scaling of Creative Mornings. Like, that's a lot of cities. It's a lot of trust. It's all over. It's different languages. It's, that's for a free event. Mm -hmm. Do you mean how we did it? <clears throat> yeah, like what made it successful? Why? What would you do better? Just kind mm -hmm. of more about it. Um, I think the secret is that uh, the first few chapters were run by friends of mine. Um, that happened to move away, that have seen Creative Mornings before. So there, there was sort of a trust established right there. Um, and then when once people apl uh, applied that I didn't know, um, we made the bar really high in, in the way you have to apply. Like you have to jump through a lot of hoops, you have to make a really good application video to show us to have video editing skills and all that. So you really have to want this and have to work really hard. But once you, we sign you off, and also in the meantime, we kind of have figured out what the perfect personality is for a host. Like, 
no ego. Um, they really realize it's about shining the light on others in their community, et cetera, et cetera. So we kind of figured that one out. But once we let you run with it, once we say you are going to be our ambassador, our host in your city, we give you all the tools, we give you access to our backend on our, on our custom-built site, uh, we give you all the accounts, and then we just let you run. And there's really, like, trust is the biggest compliment. When somebody trusts you with all of that and just says, like, yep, here you go, here's our brand, there, you know, chances are very low that somebody will disappoint you. You know? If, it's, if you start micromanaging people disappoint you I feel but really trust is is the biggest compliment of all and I think that's the that's the beauty of creative mornings what I think also too when you said you set the, the standard high so you've already set this is the behavior that we expect as opposed mm -hmm. to trying to lift people up to a standard you mm -hmm. say you either meet this yeah, or, and, or you and don't. the beauty is like we we really make sure that the hosts see what's happening around the world so it's starting to get a little bit competitive to the point where what we call flair is the love that people put into their events. They have custom-made cupcakes with the logo on it or whatever. So we call that flair. And eventually I looked at my team. I was like, guys, these chapters around the world are kicking our butt with their flair. <laughs> we need we more got, flair. <laughs> like all of a sudden there's ginormous signs and, and you, you and balloons and I don't know what. So we had to like step it up. So it gets a bit competitive, which is beautiful in itself. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. All right, more questions. Flair, I love that. <laughs> Hi, um, this is a potential three-part question, if that's cool. <laughs> potential what question? Three-part. Three okay. okay. So um, first, uh, I gather you're from Switzerland, so were you born and raised there? or? Yeah, I yeah. grew up in Switzerland and, and lived there until I was 22, and then lived in Munich, Germany, and until 26, and then I moved here. And you were in a large, large town in Switzerland, as I recall. Yeah, 2,500 people, yeah. <laughs> it's a, ta a small town in the countryside. So the, the South By um, keynote that I mentioned with uh, Tina, she actually said how many people will be in the room, and there was going to be, what, 5,500? Yeah, plus it was a double the size of my town. And, and so Tina had, it's great, you should go to Swiss Miss, find the clip right at the beginning of her South By talk. She gets the room to do a wave. For my parents. <laughs> so they could, I filmed it so they could see what it would look like twice the size of our town, which is kind of adorable. So um, my questions... My following questions are uh, coming from Munich myself, actually. Um, how hard was it for you to set foot in a city like New York, and what made you stay? Um, I, I was very lucky. Uh, it was sort of at the end of the dot-com bubble in 99 when I came, and I had one, inter one interview lined up. I was very naive. I thought I could just walk in and get interviews. But luckily, I had one interview lined up. I arrived on a Monday night. On Tuesday morning at 10, I had an interview in a small design studio in downtown, which is now defunct. And Matthew Waltman, who interviewed me, who ran the studio after five minutes, looked at me and said, first of all, you will never move back to Europe. You will, tall, you will marry a tall Jewish handsome man, which he's right. And uh, sit down. You get yourself an internship. And a few weeks later, he offered me a job with a visa. So I, it was a completely charmed entrance into New York. And I have no idea how you can replicate that. But it worked. I want to interview with him because I want to know what's going to happen with my life. But Okay. <laughs> he runs a very cool company now called Nuka. They make really cool, funky watches. Very so. cool. What constitutes a creative person to you? That's a good question. <clears throat> what constitutes a creative person to me? I think it's someone that 
challenges a status quo and just tries to live their life, you know, to their own personal rules, if that makes sense. Um, just don't, it's okay to not fit the norm or follow the norm or just, creative is a very loose term to me. It's also something I love about Creative Mornings that we don't say you need to be a graphic designer or, you know, like a typical, if you consider yourself a creative mind, a creative type, you are welcome. Hello. Hey. Hi. Um, I, I love your idea of creativity. And I love the idea that you don't really look at resumes, you just like fill up the person out and see if they're right for the job. Um, my question to you is, how does you, how do you and your team deal with creative block? So like if there is like an idea that's emerging that's not really happening, like, you know, how do you guys deal with that? Do you guys play Angry Birds? Or you guys <laughs> like that, that is such a great question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, we are quite silly. If you follow us on Instagram, we, 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 we kind of welcome the creative blocks because it gives us a reason to be silly to walk around with gold fringe arrows. And, and uh, um, I think that's kind of like the beauty of the environment I'm in is that we have this term, we call it flip it. So when something doesn't work or if something comes our way that is considered like, oh God, that's bad news, whatever, you know, like a roadblock, I always say, guys, 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 we can flip this. How do we turn it on its head that what looks like a challenge or a negative right now, how can we make it even better? And it's something, the more you do this, the better you get at it. So I actually love these moments of when we, f when we think we're stuck because usually what comes out of it is something so much better because it forces you to kind of like circle a bit bitter or think in a direction you wouldn't have thought before, right? So Roblox, yes, welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's like when, when uh, there was a great TED talk on um, thinking inside the box, because we're always like, think outside the box. But sometimes it's, all right, we've, we've hit this roadblock, we've got this limited time or this limited resources or whatever it is, how do we change the situation? Yeah, I love constraints. That's why I became a graphic designer. Constraints are good. No? Yeah, no, I agree um, with you. I, I, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> unlimited time and, and opportunity, you know, no. it's like, no, 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 give me, give me the deadline. Do you ever think about what the future of social networks would look like? Um, like moving from like MySpace and then now we're on Facebook and then people seem to be migrating from that. The future of social networks? Wow, I'm not sure if I'm qualified for this question. Which well, I, is there I, a better design you'd like to see? <laughs> no, I mean... I can only answer it in terms of like, because in some sense, we are creating a social network with Creative Mornings. If you go on our site and you look at the profiles, there's, I don't know, 50,000 people now and it's growing. Um, what I love, like what I want to see is the social networks getting people together more. But I guess, I don't know, I really am not an expert, I'm sorry. No, but this, this is actually, this is a, it's a great question because you did, you brought this up before in terms of your 11 rules and one of them being, you know, you could make these connections, but until you do this, right? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a believer that real connections are not made behind a screen, they're made in, they're made in person. And that's why I started Creative Mornings and it's all about meeting up. Right, so maybe that's part of it, the future of, I want to say, social networks um, in this, you know, our what everyone touts is this ability to, to connect with anybody or anything else until you're able to... Meet face-to-face. Face-to-face, meet offline, have those conversations. Yeah. You know, so if social networks aren't truly facilitating that, you know, are they really social? 
or human. I have lots of E friends, though. I consider them friends. Well, we I have were... this rule when I meet them, I hug them really tight, and then it's legit. Well, it's, it was, I want to say that, that's at that point. Well, as, as my ex used to say to me when I meet people, he's like, is this one of your real friends? <laughs> <laughs> have we met really? Or is it just yeah. those pretend, you know, kind of friends online? Um, thanks for all the work you do. It's, it's, uh, Thank you. I've wasted a lot of time on Swiss Miss website. <laughs> um, just, uh, we were talking about uh, the TED Talks earlier. I'm just curious what you might talk about at a TED Talk. What I might talk about? What would you be, be your um, idea worth spreading? That's a good question. Um, it would probably be somewhere to the extent of the importance of labors of love. Um, um, and to a more gentle and the hope that there's going to be a more gentle, more human leadership in the world, in the, in the business world, and um, that we should celebrate leaders that, you know, that lead from the heart. Um, I'm a bit disappointed at who we celebrate here in America as the, the top entrepreneurial leaders, uh, because when you go a bit under the surface, you realize that they often built their success on, on a somewhat disrespectful, um, you yeah, know, well, layer. Yeah. I'm, oh. a, I'm a real softie. I really believe in, I mean, I always say that I measure um, success with the happiness I see around me. It's really important to me to the people that work for me, you know, feel like they're growing and love working, like love coming to work. This all sounds cheesy, but this is, this is important to me. Like I have like these sensors. When I sense that somebody's really off for a longer period of time, it really starts bugging me because I was like, you know, either you love being here, you know, because there's a lot of people that probably would love working in this environment. Um, so I, I just feel like there's, the, the, I just hope for a more gentle, that that will probably, that will be my message to come on everybody. Let's just have a bit more heart at, at the workplace. I'm looking forward to that TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure how scientific it would be, but it doesn't you know, need to I be. Give out it would be we'll make happy. <laughs> You'd have great, yeah. great tattoos on. It'd be awesome. Yeah. All right, back to the back row. Hi, Tina. Hi. Um, you obviously give and do so much, and you have kids as well. How do you actually regenerate and keep going and not burn out? <clears throat> um, how do I regenerate? I mean, I. I love superhuman work. My work is my happy place. Like I'm surrounded by so many cool people and I get to do so many interesting things all day that I mean it sounds weird but you know, I don't have any clients that put deadlines on me. I put them on myself. So I think you just need to find out what works. Like I ever since I don't have people giving me deadlines, I work much better, I'm much happier, right? So and and then I I love going home and hang out with my kids. I hang out with my friends on weekends. I mean, I don't need much more. As long as I keep making cool things and be surrounded by really interesting people and have really interesting days, I'm happy. Well, I think it's, it's such a great question because I think it's something we all, we all struggle with. And I think for me, part was, you know, as I, you know, I would say meeting and knowing you and then reading and watching as much as I could this afternoon to think, make sure there's nothing I missed on Tina. Um, but really not deciding you're not going to have that friction between this is work and this is no, personal and this is life and whatever else. He's like, no, this is all one big whole that needs to work together and be orchestrated yeah. together. Otherwise, 
you know. And I realize not everybody is in their fortunate position to say, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I think the only friction may be your son asking and negotiating for how many tattoos he can put yeah. on on a Sunday <laughs> night, which is priceless and classic in and of itself. Yes. Yeah. Uh, to be him. Yeah, my kids are covered. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder if they ever scare any parents that don't know that this is your business. Um, on that, we're all good. We're all good with questions. I am so grateful for all of you coming out tonight in the rain in New York City. I Thank am you for having me. beyond grateful to you for not only coming out, but bringing the gold fringe arrow, gold fringe arrow which every girl who grew up with Barbies wants. Um, <laughs> if it was pink, it would be mine. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, you, Tina. And All everybody right. gets a tally now if you want one. <laughs> you better want one. <laughs>